You're listening to an Amplify podcast. Before break, we were discussing board games and uh, our lack of friends because of them. <laughs> Have you played any board games uh, recently, Rebecca? Well, yes, just this weekend. I played a board game called Diplomacy. I've got no <laughs> idea what Diplomacy You'll have to explain it to me and the uh, listeners on the air. Um, well, basically, it's like you have a map of Europe pre... Uh, like in 1901. Mm. And you get to play one of the great empires at the time. And basically, your task is to invade everybody else until they have nothing left. But the way you do this, it isn't like Risk, where you roll a die or something. You actually make alliances with people so you can attack other people and you have to go through all this negotiation and eventually um, eventually turn on your friends. That sounds diabolical. It sounds it like is. the kind of game that I would enjoy. It's, it's so fun, but people get so pissed when you, uh, when you say you're going to do something and then you don't do that thing. Mm. So which of the, the great empires of uh, pre-World War I Europe did you play as? Well, we had one too many people, so I was playing with my friend as uh, Mother Russia. Mother Russia. Uh, God, God bless. No, actually, no, don't, don't, not God don't, bless. No. Not God bless Tsarist no. Russia. That was a brutal, that's, brutal that's regime. Really? Really, uh, <laughs> not a fun place to be. Yes, let's not, not there, say well, that. Oh, uh, yeah. Just reminded me of something just a second again. But, uh, but yeah, so you played it. Who did you make an alliance with? How did uh, history differ? In um, uh, in your game of diplomacy, well, the first people we turned on were Germany, of course, and then Austria-Hungary, because unfortunately those two empires are in the middle of the board. Uh, and you wanted to get at the uh, the the sweet sweet meat that is uh, that is the French <laughs> uh, the French uh, metropole. Well, well, no, <laughs> not not while I was there. Not while I. We did eventually. We had a good alliance with Turkey, uh, but then they turned on us. Ah. Uh. Poor form, Turkey. Poor form. <laughs> uh, so, so who? What was what was your goal in this game of diplomacy? Which empire did you want to annex to your? Uh... Um. Well, the first empire to go down was Germany because everyone seemed to turn on Germany at once. Then Austria-Hungary disappeared. Much like in real life. Yes. Yes. Who who uh, devoured Austria-Hungary? Who kept the spoils of war? It got split up between all the countries. Um, ah. Yeah. We ended at a stalemate, though, because it's one of those games, w- like Monopoly, where it's very hard to get through an entire game. Uh, so, yeah. Is it, like Monopoly, is it friendship-crushing and, like, yes. soul-destroying? <laughs> very much so. Ah, <laughs> uh, exa- as I said, sounds exactly like a game that I would uh, <laughs> like to play and would definitely enjoy. Especially when you start by uh, invading Serbia as Austria-Hungary. Uh, got, got to keep that historical accuracy. <laughs> got to keep that historical accuracy. Uh, I don't think I've actually played board games in years. But it's something I would like to do more of in my life. I think I think if I had New Year's resolutions, I would. one of my New Year's resolutions would be to play more board games. Play more board games. Play more board games. And Uno. I like Uno. Uno. I always like. I always liked Uno. Uno was a very good game. It heightens emotions a lot. Heightens emotions. Oh, there's, oh, there's like blackjack, which is like teenager. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the step between Uno and Texas Hold'em because it's like it's a little bit like you feel a little bit more classy playing it uh, than you than you would if you were playing uh, than playing Uno. 
but at the same time, uh, it's like not as complex and you can very easy to learn, uh, when you're, as opposed to Texas Hold'em, which I once attempted to learn and gave out about five minutes into the game. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I quit. I I quit. Fair enough. Amplify on Sin 90.7. Before the break, we were discussing our favourite board games and moving (laughs) from the past into the future. I think we should talk about possibly the most, one of the most popular games, if not the most popular computer game as the uh, the elder game. computer games one of those uh, those fancy television typewriters you're using uh, Minecraft I reckon and Minecraft I think like anyone from our generation around age has all, has all had bizarre Minecraft multiplayer experiences you're here listening to Amplify with a uh, nerd talk hour <laughs> On the nerd last talk. week was comic books and this week is games next week this week is games I don't know yeah, I think I think everybody, yeah, as I said, everyone from our generation has had their own unique and interesting Minecraft multiplayer experiences. Well, see, see, I've only ever played Minecraft once. Really? And wow. Yeah, at a friend's house. I, but I have stories from my friends of you, playing. Oh, okay. Secondhand stories, living <laughs> vicariously <laughs> through your friends. Well, let's hear some stories. Minecraft vicariously. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Um, but anyway, let's hear some vicarious Minecraft living. Um, well, there's this server that I keep hearing about. I get constant updates on with uh, one of my friends as the king of the server. The other one is trying to hold a communist revolution and keeps burning down people's houses. Ah, see, even in the virtual world, the writings of Marx and Engels still (laughs) hold sway. Uh, So what sort of uh, communist revolutionary is is he just... He doesn't sound like he's trying to build a workers' utopia. He sounds more like some sort of bizarre nihilist anarchist uh, destroying anything he can. Pretty much. More influenced by the sex pistols than than the communist manifesto, one would say. Well, yeah, probably, probably at that. Do you have any uh, Minecraft stories? I do indeed. uh, Look who's making the terrible segues now, Rebecca. But uh, I actually do have have some interesting Minecraft uh, stories of my own. Uh, in year nine, we, me and my friends, we when we got our school issued laptops, the first classic thing classic school issued laptops. We uh, automatic first thing we did was download Minecraft because it was two thousand and thirteen, and <laughs> that was all the rage. So cool, so cool. Back back in the day, three years ago, and so we just download Minecraft and we just play Minecraft with each other at lunch times, and we play on like these like local lo- what are called local area network or LAN <laughs> servers, which is basically all like computers that link up and we just play Minecraft together. And uh, we were all going quite happily, and one of our friends uh, was the admin of this server. He was the king of this world, and we were, we were all living under his benevolent rule, and I was, I think I was like a frontier woodsman, and I kept, I didn't actually build, I was terrible, terrible at building houses, so I just <laughs> built like a sort of small mud hut, and then like went out and hunted for things. It was pretty good. Except then one day, uh, some kids from the library who were putting, uh, who were like put Minecraft onto the library computers... Uh, logged onto our LAN server and started oh destroying dear. and stealing our stuff. Oh dear! And it was, it was complete and total anarchy. Like we chased them down. <laughs> I think I actually Witch. went. I think I think I actually went into the library to find those kids <laughs> and like try and do some sort of like standover oh, man, like get out of our server kind of like deal. And so we ended classic up. Classic year ended nine. Up, and so we ended up. Uh, we had a classic year nine. <laughs> Well, we ended up doing this uh, thing where we basically built a trap. So every time you logged onto the server, you had to, or died, you went into this big uh, like room made out of like impregnable blocks and uh, impregnable blocks with this button. 
or well not a space for a button and the only way to get out was you had to have a button already in your like on your like Minecraft person's person <laughs> and only people who had gotten into the server originally were given this button and so <laughs> and so so it basically meant that anyone logging into the server had to go into this thing and then they'd have to press the button and then they'd be out and then they'd be free so it basically filtered any any people we didn't want, any undesirable. That's extreme. Any, ex- exactly. Except then the guy who was adminning the server got a little bit power thirst, like power crazy. And uh, <laughs> me and my mates, because we we were like to like mess around with stuff, we'd go around and we'd just like you know we'd just uh, like muck about, having a goof, having a gaff on uh, <laughs> Minecraft. And then he started like killing us. And then he uh, he started killing us. But then he also disabled the function that allowed us to have uh, how uh, buttons in it. Like oh, after man. we died, so oh, it man. went. So he disabled that. So when you died, you went into the thing and you weren't allowed to get out. And it was this weird thing. And I remember Year Nine, Toby, uh, making a connection because I remember I'd been reading about the War on Terror on Wikipedia, <laughs> and I was like, "My God, this is our Patriot Act. This is all about anti-terror." Like I was making these weird, like complex, like quite high <laughs> philosophical connections between oh, there's like cube of impregnable blocks. And, like, post-9-11 anti-terror that's, legislations. That's some real, like, lit student stuff. Yeah. There. Seeing meaning where there is none. We're seeing meaning where there is none. And I think, ah, yeah, but... So I think we've all had... I think we've both... Uh, if if I've had the experiences, even you heard about those experiences, I think I think Minecraft's actually quite an interesting way to, like, trial... Social experiments. Social experiment. Whether it's from metaphors for uh, the overreaction of governments in the post-9-11 <laughs> world... To some good old-fashioned anarchism. Amplify. 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 Two songs that had us uh, rocking out and then dancing in the studio. And then, like, lying back and, like, contemplating the mellow tones of uh, Nico and Lou Reed. Yes. And if you think about it, like, the, 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 the golden trio of Lou Reed, David Bowie, and Iggy Pop, you you know, like, it's it's surprising that, like, you know, if you think about it, Iggy Pop. It's surprising that Iggy Pop's the only one who's still left alive. Yeah. Like we think about like. You wouldn't think. Like, yeah, you wouldn't think like the one who like stripped half naked and rolled in broken glass and say like, you wouldn't. You would think like out of the ones like you know, uh, out of like David Bowie, Lou Reed, or like you know, you heard like you know, oh yeah, uh, you know, like all those issues that they had, and then like Lou Reed, oh yeah, he jumped in like on broken glass in stage, or like you know, <laughs> was always like you know, always uh, always having wild antics on stage. You'd, you'd think that it'd be Iggy Pop who would like you know. Yeah. We'd all be saying "Rest in peace, Iggy," but it's it's actually it's actually the other two, and Iggy Pop's still alive and still making music, and I think that's Incredible. quite surprising. It's it's amazing. Good on him. Good on you, Iggy Pop. Yeah. Uh, and like just before we have too much of a moment of like talking about uh, highbrow topics and thinking <laughs> that we're actually normal people, uh, we're still going to be talking about nerdy subjects here on uh, the Nerd Hour Amplify ninety point seven FM. Sim. Just so you lose all hope of us. Uh, Talking about stuff that isn't nerdy. Yeah, we're going to be discussing possibly the nerdiest thing out there. You can have a drum roll, please. I don't know if you can hear this through the microphone. I don't. I don't know. Well, there's a drum roll. Uh, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> are you a are, are you a fan of Dungeons and Dragons? I am a fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, uh, RPG games, role play games. Uh, uh, good fun. Good fun. Uh, have you have you got any crazy Dungeons and Dragons uh, stories? Um, well, my friends haven't really, because we have so many people that want to do it. We don't really get together that all that often to do it. But the one time we have, I think uh, we were in a tavern. We ended up losing all our money, then robbing the tavern, 
then all being converted to the religion of the cactus. I like that. Classic Dungeons and Classic Dragons. Classic Dungeons and Dragons. I think once uh, when I played Dungeons and Dragons, I played. Uh, we had one of our friends who's one of the more eccentric characters in my uh, in, out of the people I know who decided he decided that he was game master and he would or dungeon master as it's called and uh, dungeon master dungeon master. Uh, and so he was like, he decided that he was going to make his own quests and his quest involved. Being in Melbourne, so current present day Melbourne, <laughs> but we're all dwarves and elves. I remember. I remember. That I was would a, be so good. I was a belt buckle salesman. <laughs> I was a belt buckle salesman. Oh my god! And uh, uh, no, I was either a belt but maybe I was either a belt buckle salesman or a mustache wax salesman. Oh my I can't god! And uh, and so basically, the only difference between uh, this like current day present Melbourne and the current day present Melbourne of our Dungeons and Dragons world was that uh, we had, there was dinosaurs that had taken over the <laughs> earth and there was no other people oh but these like weird assortment of fantasy characters and this, uh, these, like, this, this horde of dinosaurs, a Jurassic World, literally. Oh and, so, and so we basically had this bizarre quest where I got trapped in the toilets <laughs> of uh, Southern Cross Station <laughs> and a Tyrannosaurus tried oh to eat gosh. me. And it was like it, the best thing I have heard. Uh, yeah. Very, very uh, interesting experience. And then my friend tamed uh, said dinosaur, and he rode it, or like he made it, like, his steed for the rest of all of the other quests. Like it's in like all of our like Dungeons and Dragons experiences lived in like this weird like shared universe. Oh my god! And we'd go into these like other quests, and they'd still be the dinosaur from Southern Cross Station. Oh my god! And I had my own uh, tunnel rat called Sir Terence that I had tamed Sir to make Terence. Sir Terence to make. Uh, shows what I found funny back in the day. <laughs> but that's what I had tamed, and that was mine. We'll see. I really want to do one set in uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Basically, so you can wish anything into existence. But um, everyone tells me that we are not going to do that because things would go too crazy far too fast. Mm. I think that's I think that's a fairly, like... I think it's fairly... Uh, I think it's okay. I I agree, I agree with uh, I I think I agree with that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. I really am. <laughs> well, yeah. My character was a um, bard with a lute. A lute. A lute. Was it like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and you get like? killed every time uh, you tried to sing any form of song. I wish. I didn't uh, stick around that long. Uh, you were quickly dispatched of. <laughs> Pretty much. This podcast was brought to you by Amplify. 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 The sound of underage Melbourne.